The journey of life is too complex and spiritual to be lived from your sensory perceptions. You're welcome to Love Life City, where we live life by the Holy Spirit. Our vision is to raise men with the capacity to love genuinely both God and humanity through insight, discipleship, and fellowship. This message will set you up for a balanced lifestyle here on earth. Listen and be blessed. Let your glory be mighty in this place. Oh my God. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, let's say thank you, Jesus. I'm going to be teaching about commitment to key to authority this morning. And um, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 20 is going to be one of the first scriptures I read to you this morning. I, I want your hearts to be prepared. Amen. Look. Before we read that first John, let's look at Luke 16 and verse 10. Luke 16 and verse 10. Luke 16 and verse 10. Yes. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. It reads, One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the King James Version says, He who is faithful in little is faithful in much and he who is dishonest and that scripture said unjust him who is unjust in little is unjust in much let your word become like fire in the hearts of these men and your word came like a breath upon a dust and an ashes and that dust became a living being let it come today again it turned a void and null world into something that makes sense let it turn our life into something that makes sense in Jesus mighty name I'd like to let you know that there is a reason why people stay small and die small and that reason is that they lack a driving force of continuity. One of the biggest disadvantages of a believer who serves the Lord, one of the things that many believers, one of the mistakes that puts the believer at a disadvantage is when the believer begins to serve the Lord and does not continue. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, I think Matthew I'm going to confirm here. It says, if you put your hands on the plow and look back, you are not worthy of me. Luke chapter 9, verse 62. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, there is, you are at a disadvantage if you decide you're, you're going to serve the Lord, you're going to serve, you're going to do the work of God, but you are at some point you are you are you are relenting, at some point you are not consistent, at some point you are not faithful, at some point you are not committed. The Bible says such a man is not worthy of service in the kingdom. So if you serve God with inconsistency and no commitment your service is not in record it's not in record the bible says that we seek the kingdom of god and his righteousness matthew 6 33 and every other thing shall be added unto you but this scripture says if anyone puts his hands on the plan and looks back he is not fit to serve in the kingdom he's not fit to, to service the kingdom of god that's what it says so if I am inconsistent in my pursuit of God whatever I am doing God considers it as nothing it's not a service to him because I am not consistent with it and therefore I might lift up my hands and be praying oh Lord you said if I seek your kingdom everything shall be added unto but there is a guideline for seeking the kingdom to provoke every other thing you must put your hands on the plow and keep it there. 
Help me preach your neighbor. Say, neighbor, put your hands on the plow and keep it there. Now, even if you don't know what a plow is, a plow is something you use in the farm. Sometimes you use it with an animal. An animal has to be uh, is tied to an animal and then you yourself, you have to either climb on it and hold it, controlling it. Amen? And some of them, they don't have, they're not attached to animals. Some of them are just driven, hand-driven. And one of the things about plowing, you know, plowing is one of the things you do in preparation to plant seeds. Amen? One of the things about plowing is that it can be, it can be tiring. Because it requires energy, it requires effort. So there are tendencies that when you put your hands on the plow, you want to give up. Amen? There are tendencies that when you begin to have a prayer life, you want to give up. You want to become tired. There are tendencies that when you begin to serve God, you want to become tired and give up. But if you stay through, then that thing you are doing for God will be counted and you will see the reward of what you are doing. Praise the Lord. Because the Bible said, we read, he that is faithful in little shall be faithful in what? So God will commit into your hands much. So when you find a, a Christian who does not graduate from little to much, the problem is not far-fetched. The problem is a problem of commitment. Say, Father, I receive the grace for commitment. I want to share with you on the five ways God tests our commitment to Him. There are five major ways that God can satisfy that you are committed to Him. Some people think that the way God looks at commitment is that when he sees, looks down and sees you praying and shouting, Father, Jesus, Holy Ghost, fire, fire, fire. No, 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 no. That's not how God checks your commitment. There is a way God checks if you're committed to him. And just like we read, if you are committed to little, God gives you what? So if you are committed to God, what will God give you much of? Himself. Amen. If you are committed to your place of work, what will God give you much of? Money. So that this is how it works. This is how it works. When we are talking about commitment to God, please take pay attention. We are talking about commitment to God now. So this is how God checks your commitment to Him. You know, when you are married, there are ways I can tell that you are committed to your wife. Not when you buy her flowers. Or buy her cars. You know a man can buy a lot of things for the wife and he's not committed to the wife. Are you aware? So many people can do so much for God, but they are not committed to God. That's that's the issue. And they want to increase in life. They want to increase in God. But because they are not committed, God can't give them, them more of himself. He can't entrust them with more of spiritual investments. He can't give them more. So there is a way God checks for your commitments. Am I communicating here? And the Bible says something very profound. The Bible says God is not unfaithful to forget the labor of your hands. When he sees your commitment, when he measures your commitment, and he's sure that this my son is committed to me, all you don't need to bother about anything else. He's now going to be responsible for your increase. He's now going to be responsible for your promotion. You don't need to appeal to any man whatever. Because I have learned in scriptures, if God decides to put his hands on a man to lift that man up, nobody can contend that man. So if God satisfies you as faithful and says now is the time for your reward or now is the time for your promotion, forget it. The, all the witches in your village ganging up together to form a clique cannot stop half of what God wants to do. Am I communicating here? So that is why the Bible says, when we are walking, we go, we must walk. See, the Bible says, if you hear that when we come to the Lord, we must come believing that He is and He's a rewarder. Quoting Hebrews 11 verse 6. Come to me believing that I am and I am the rewarder. Don't come to God because of a friend or because of someone in church or because of no come to God because of who he is many people come to God because of what their father told them about God no 
if you approach God like that, you will be committed. Come to Him for who He is. Anything you're going to, any transaction you're going to do with the Lord, do it because of who He is. Even your daily lifestyle, the way you live your life, live that life with a consciousness of who He is. Because when you do that, He will become the rewarder. It will help you to become faithful, and then when you're faithful, he becomes the rewarder of faithfulness. So, how does God check your commitment to Him? How does He see? How does He tell that this one is committed to me? In all of your activities, how does God check your commitment? Number one, the first way God checks your commitment. Number one, He checks your commitment in sh- number one in the way you show love to others. Praise the Lord. God will tell if you are committed to Him. By the way you show love to people. That's how we can tell. First John chapter 4 and verse 20. I'm going to read because of time. It says, Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. Did you see that? First John chapter 4 and verse 20. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother and sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God. So, God checks your commitment to him. He checks your love for him by your love for others. Praise the Lord. So that's how he knows that you are committed to him. By the way you treat your brother, your sister. That's how God knows that this one is committed. And that's how God now says, can now say, okay, because of your commitment, I'm bringing a reward in your life. Because of your commitment to these little things that are around you, I'm going to give you more. More investment. More spiritual realities. More grace. More anointing. More authority. Please, we are talking about commitment as a key to authority. Amen. So when God sees how you treat people, some people, some church people, they will come and lift up their hands and pray. And shout the way they pray. And when you go back home, the way they are treating their house help, you wonder if these people like has even seen anything like a cross in your life. I saw a story of a a woman beating her house help and all her back was boils because she had beaten her, used hot iron on on her. And these people come to church and raise their hands. See, God already has already seen you are you are you are you are not you are not committed. He has already seen you. Don't expect any good thing. Don't expect increase. This is one of the reasons why people stay in one level for a long time. Because God sees that you are not committed. And how does he know? The way you are treating people around you. He can tell that you are not committed to him. You don't believe him. You don't believe that he is. You are not faithful to him. Because of how you treat people around you. So that's the first check. The first check of your commitments. God checks your commitment by your, the way you treat people around you. And look at what he gives in, author, in, in return. When he sees that you are you treat people well, then he ascertains that you are committed to him. That he gives you something in return. This is the authority he confers on a person who treats people well. Praise the Lord. The authority is recorded in Matthew chapter 5 verse 8. When you have a good heart towards people, you treat people well. God ascertains that you are committed to him. And then God, God does something to you. He reveals himself to you. Go ahead. Matthew chapter 5 verse 8. Yes. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. For they shall see God. Amen. Amen. So when God sees that you are committed to him because you are taking care of people around you, he rewards you with an authority. And that authority is the authority for revelation. Say with me, authority for revelation. So... Because when you treat people around you, it's your heart is pure towards people. Your heart is clean towards people. That's what it means. To treat people around you with love means that your heart is clean towards people. And the scripture says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So, when you are, your heart is clean towards people because of your commitment to God. Or because you want to be committed to God. Guess what happens to you? You can see God. Revelation. Amen. 
your eyes will suddenly be opened. I've given you many instances before now. You know, about um, um, Cornelius and all of that. Alright? So, if you are noticing that you don't have revelations, you don't understand God, you don't know God so much, this is the secret. Treat people well. Let your heart be clean before people. When God sees that, He sees your commitment. What He's seeing is your commitment to Him. And if He records that you're committed to Him, He gives you an authority of revelations. Shout a big amen. That's number one. Number two, how God checks your commitment to Him. He checks your commitment to Him by your commitment to His Word. Your commitment to the Word of Truth. He checks your commitment to Him by your commitment to the Word of Truth. And I'm reading from 2 Timothy 2.15. Please, take note of this. So how God knows that you are committed to Him is when He sees that you are committed to the Word of Truth. That is the Word of God. 2 Timothy 2.15. Please pay attention. This is a very fast message. Yes. Yeah, no, no, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. It says, do your best to repent yourself. Present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly de- handles the word of truth. So it says, study to show yourself approved, a workman that you say, rightly dividing the word of now that word, that phrase, rightly divided the word of truth, is what it means is that you are diligently searching the scriptures to know the truth of God's word. God is not, God does not see commitment when a man just opens his Bible and starts slapping. Ah, Leviticus, you know they, you know they interesting. Enter Exodus, about too much, too much, too much, plenty story. You slap numbers, too much numbers. You flap. Genesis, boring. You flap. Let me go to Jude. Jude is only one chapter. <laughs> Open. Finish. No, that's not. When you do such things, God does not see. God, God reads it as non-commitment, unfaithfulness to Him. You are. It is you and your Bible, oh, but God is looking at Him as the one in 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 that in that scenario. You are the it is you the way you are treating your Bible, the way you are you are studying with God, but God has not seen it as you are not committed to Him because of your your lack of commitment to the word of truth. Some people some people go to church and they just hear something, they don't go back and search the scriptures and say, What is this scripture actually saying? My friend, that's a mark of unfaithfulness to God. When you have a mentality that I will study to show myself approved unto God. What was that? Why is it saying study to show yourself approved unto God? I thought you show yourself approved to people. But, be, but he said unto God because your studying and your diligence in the word of God is a show of commitment to God, not to people. Now pastors study the Bible to come and preach and shout in church. People study the Bible so that they can win, draw your sword. Or Bible fastest Bible competition. Am I communicating here? But the reason you should study your Bible is to show commitment to your God that you serve. Not to any man, but God. Not to any being, but God. Not to look spiritual. Hey. Some people hold they you some people have the Bible, and the only purpose of that Bible is to make them look spiritual. So you, you see them come to church, their Bibles in their armpits. As soon as they are back to their houses, that Bible doesn't open. My friend, let me tell you, God, with that Bible in your hands, God is checking. God is measuring how committed you are to Him. Praise the Lord. So if you are a man of study, when you study, what you are trying to say to God is, God, I am committed. I am faithful to you. Give me more. You said he that is faithful will lead to you, committed to his hands more. I am faithful to you. I am faithful to you. As I'm studying this word of God, is a show, is a show of faithfulness to you. I'm ready for more. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So, um, number, what, what what authority does God confer on a person that is committed to the word of truth? Because I'm I'm showing you commitment as a key to authority, right? 
So a person who is committed to the word of truth is conferred this authority. A person who is committed to the word of truth is conferred this authority. According to John chapter 15 and verse 7. The authority ask anything and it be granted. That's the authority that comes upon the person who is committed to the word of truth. No, don't worry. Don't read it. I'll read it. Amen. So when I show commitment to the word of truth, I'm showing commitment to God. And when I do so, God confers an authority on me. And this authority is the authority to ask anything and it be granted. How do I know? John 15 and verse 7 says, If you abide in me and my words in you, you shall ask anything in my name and it shall be done. Hallelujah. The reason why I said anything, you know, when, it's, when the Bible says anything, some people think it's, it's, it says just some. It says anything. The reason why it says anything is that when you are committed to the word of God, the word of God dwells so richly in you and the word in the word is everything you need. Amen. And so when you have you have been soaked in the word and you are asking God for something, you cannot ask wrongly. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't ask wrongly. You will know how to ask. And therefore, anything. So God gives you the authority to open your mouth and say, Lord, I need this and it will happen. Bible says, if you are abiding me, am I watching you? Ask anything. Can you help me tell your neighbor? Neighbor, if you be committed to the word of truth, the authority to ask anything and have it manifest will come on you. Who likes that kind of authority? Shall I receive? Number three, how does God show, um, see your, how does God see your commitment to him how does it prove your commitment to him number three when you are committed to the fight of faith when you are committed to the fight of faith god sees it as you are committed to him praise the lord what does it mean to be committed to the fight of faith second timothy chapter 4 and verse 4 what does it mean to be committed to the fight of faith i'll read don't worry. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 4. It says, Are we together? Are we together? So, God checks your commitment to him by your commitment to the fight of it. This is what the fight of it means. Second Timothy 4 verse 4 says, They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Verse 5. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship to do the work of an evangelist discharge all the duties of your ministry verse 6 for i am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time of my departure is near verse 7 i have fought the good fight i have finished the race i have kept the faith so paul was saying i have been committed to a good fight of it and what was this good fight of it he endured hardship it was listed there amen Amen. Amen. So his fight of faith was was the period, the seasons where he endured hardship. It was not easy on him. It was not convenient for him. There are many times he was arrested, but he still had to write letters from the prison. There are many times he didn't have where to sleep. He had to sometimes he had to sleep in an open, just because he was preaching the gospel. So to 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 endure hardship is one of the ways to fight a good. Some of you had to come from distances. Amen. Some of you had to trek the distance to come to church. When you do those things, you think you are just doing it. God sees it as commitment. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is what you are doing is you are fighting the good fight of faith. That's what you are doing. And God sees it. What does it mean to fight the good fight of faith? To do the work of an evangelist. That's one of the things he did. He said he did the work of what? Are you guys still together? Do you understand what I'm teaching? Yes. So, he was committed to the to the fight of it. Thereby, he was committed to the work of an evangelist. He was committed to endure hardship. He was committed to the work of an evangelist. Some people might look at him as, oh, he's always winning souls, always winning souls, always winning souls. He was not doing that for to prove any point to any man. God saw his commitment to him. 
God saw what he was doing as, as commitment to him himself, you would see what the reward is. The reward will blow your mind. The kind of authority that comes upon such a person that is committed to fighting the good fight of it. But let's see another thing that what it means, another meaning of fighting the good fight of it. The last one says, he discharged all duties of ministry. Amen? So to discharge all duties of ministry is to fight the good fight of it. What does that mean? You are given an assignment, you are given a position, you are given a responsibility, and you don't fail at it. Do you get what I'm saying? You are in the choir, and you don't you choir to your be, you choir the best you can. What you are doing is you are fighting the good fight of it. You are in the ushering team, and you usher to the best that you can. You are fighting a good fight of it. I'm a pastor, and I preach to the best that I can. I'm fighting it. So he discharge all duties of ministry that's what it means to fight the good fight amen and God catches you doing this he has seen he sees it as commitment to him look at what the reward is do you want to see what the reward is do you want to see the kind of authority that comes on you this is the kind of authority that comes on you glory to God hallelujah when you are committed to the good fight of faith Look at the authority that comes on you. Matthew 28, 18-19 records it. When you are committed to evangelism, committed to the work of ministry, ah, committed to soul winning, committed to enduring hardship, even if it's not comfortable for you, you stay at it. God sees it that you are committed to him and he, he gives you a level of authority. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hmm. While you are getting that scripture, let me tell let me something just came to my mind. You know when I mentioned about commitment to other people. Now, this is this also has to do with friendship and relationships. There are people who cannot be loyal to one person. When your friend is going through tough times, that's when you leave the person. You think you are doing it to that person, you're actually doing it to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When I, when I told you that when God sees your commitment to people as your love to people or your commitment to people as your commitment to him it is very serious. This is where many Christians fail. And this is one of the reasons why God is completely against divorce in marriages. Praise the Lord. Any small thing, I know they do again. Any small thing, ah, I saw you be, I know they do any small thing you are you don't want to you don't you can't have one friends for 25 years it's a big problem god takes it seriously amen yeah. i'm not saying it's a must that you be in a relationship or you have a friend but if you have a friend be faithful to that person whether the person is going through hell or not whether the person has a backup help that person through it that commitment you have showing towards that person is a show of commitment to God. God reads it. And when God sees your commitment in that dimension, He rewards you with Him. He works with revelation of Himself. He even shows you. You see, am I communicating here? Do you know how you can understand God better? Is when you relate to people. When you relate with different kinds of people, that's how you know, and that's when you understand. What it means for God to be merciful. And what it means for God to be kind. And what it means for God to be patient. You will not understand. That's why I said one of the rewards God gives you when you are committed to people is that he makes you to know him. He gives you revelation of him. Those of you that are still single like me, there are things and dimensions of God that you cannot plunge into. Are you hearing what I'm saying? until you have a woman in the house to annoy you i'm telling you until you have somebody in the house that will make you feel bad sometimes you won't know that god can be long suffering you won't understand god as that dimension so anytime you are playing with your commitment to people you know another another thing is sometimes god the devil is trying to take you away from people every time it is not God that is taking away from people. It's Satan. 
Because he knows that your commitment to others is your, is your commitment to God. When God created Eve and brought to Adam, Adam said, you are the bone of my bone, you are the flesh of my flesh. And you know what God said? God said, it is not good for a man to be alone. So God wanted, are you hearing what I'm saying? God wanted man to have relationship because through that relationship, man will understand God better. So anything fighting your relationship, you make a friend today, the next week you quarrel with the person. That, that demon needs to be sacked. That demon is, is, is not just contending your relationships. It's contending your commitments to God. And thereby contending the reward you should get from that commitment. Glory to God. I'm showing you how commitment can make you a man of authority spiritually. Commitments. 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 Commitment to people. Sometimes when you when you stay a while, ask call your brother, have you eaten? How far what's going on with you? God looks at it as you do. the Bible says, if you treat the list of you, the people who are asking says he says, I was hungry, you give me, you gave me not anything to eat, I was naked, you gave me not a clothes, I was homeless, you gave me not a place to stay. And do you know what what the people say? He said, Jesus, when did we do this to you? Where did we see you hungry and we love you too much. We can't abandon you. The Bible says, and Jesus said to them, says, when you do this to the least of the people, who have you done it to? You have done it to me. And one of the things you miss when you are not committed to relationships and people is that you miss the reward of clear revelation of whom God is. And you know what happens when you know God Bible says, they that know their God shall be do shall be what? Shall be strong and do exploits. So you, you're missing out on so much. You're missing out on so much. So we are where we are is commitment to the com- commitment to the fight of it, right? And we are sh- going to see the rewards of commitment to the fight of it. Abby? So what are the rewards? Can we read that? Let's read what the rewards. Matthew 28 yes 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 yeah baptizing them in the name of the Father Son and the Holy Spirit okay that's okay it says all touch has given to me and so I've given it to you now go into the world so the, the the reward of your commitment to the fight of faith is all authority to make disciples. Authority. Somebody say authority. Say all authority to make disciples of nations. So when God sees, that is how God, that is when God promotes you to become a disciple of nations. When he sees that you are committed to the fight of faith. Amen. You are committed to the work of ministry. You are committed to evangelism. You are committed to enduring hardship. There are times where we are going to have maybe workers training. Maybe um, workers retreats. And we will stay together for 48 hours. We only drink water. Is a, is a, what we are doing is it's called the fight of faith. We endure that hardship. And then in return, just because we want to be more of a blessing to people in return God gives us all authority to make disciples of nations you don't just God doesn't just send you to nations in in one day are you hearing me oh you don't get it God doesn't just send you to nations in one day he takes you through enduring hardship all the works of the ministry he takes you through every he takes you through the crumbs he takes you through processes through an evangelism. It takes you through processes. Then it gets to a, to a point where it now gives you something that one nation will be in need of. One nation will be, will be looking for maybe an idea that you have. And then he now makes you a disciple of that nation. Somebody shout Amen. amen. Please, when you, after shouting Amen, go back and reflect on these things. It starts with little. Your commitment to the fight of faith. 
you will make up your mind and say, I will go for evangelism. Pastor, when is evangelism time? I want to be committed to fighting the fight of it. Because I know one of the rewards is that all authority to make disciples of nations will be given. Come on, you shout a big amen. Then another way God sees your commitment towards him is your commitment to fellowship. That's number four. Many of you don't know that your commitment to fellowship, God sees it that you, as your commitment to him himself. So people play around with fellowship. But let's look at it in scriptures. How does your commitment to fellowship translate in your commitment to God? Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. I'm sure Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. Well, we all know the scripture, the Bible says, where two or three are gathered. What? Where two or three are gathered, what? So, when you are committed to fellowship, gatherings, God sees it as you are coming to meet him. You are committed to him. So, let's look at what happened in the early church. Acts 2.42, it reads, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. The Bible says they devoted themselves, they were committed to the apostles' teaching, the apostles' doctrine, and to fellowship. Breaking bread and to prayer. They were committed to fellowship. So, your commitment to fellowship, God sees it as a commitment to him. And look at the authority that is conferred on the people who are committed to fellowship for time's sake. The same Acts chapter 2 verse 47. We are going to see what authority comes on you when you are committed to fellowship. Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. Look at that. It says, Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So their commitment in verse 42 translated in favor. So one of the authorities that you receive when you are committed to fellowship is authority to be favored. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is favor as a gift but there is favor as an authority. The Bible says they, 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 they had favor with all men because of their commitment to fellowship. They won't miss any service. They won't miss any church meeting. They won't miss any gathering. And God gave them favor with all men. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And do you know what happened? To, know, to tell you that this is how the, the favor reacted. When they received favor with all men, people began to look you know, a, a sign that a man has been favored. Are you hearing me? How do I say this? One of the signs that you have been favored, sir, is that people want to come around you. That's one of the signs you're favored. Even the one sent by the devil. How many of you have noticed anytime you ascend in the Holy Ghost? Fast and pray. That is when one girl from the marine. <laughs> one somebody that will never call you on a normal day for the ladies. One guy from nowhere that you you guys you thought it was it has ended that day. You people discuss it has ended. Guy will now call you and say, I am missing you. See that word. What see what brought his attention was not a bad thing, it was the favor of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? It was because you spent time with God in fellowship. You are now favored, you are now favored by people. You go out and people want to call you. People want to that's why I said, see, anybody who plays with church is missing out. Because you go out and an anointing for favor comes on you. You don't even have to know it. But you notice is that people just want to want to be of help to you. People want to remember you. People want to call you. People want to ask you how far. Somebody will just see you. And that way this favor thing, I've noticed it. It works with me. Yeah, somebody sees you. Just because you're, I've seen you before. Have we met before? You look familiar. It's favor, my friend. You have not met him. Favor. I met one of my, my, my most revered mentors for the first time in my life. And he looked at me and said, I've seen you before. So, so I don't know. I'm following you. I don't know if you know me, sir. Say, no, I've seen you before. Never met him before. Looked at me. First I'm talking about this Pastor Irene of Celebration Church. Looked at me and said, I've seen you before. Say, really? 
God just gave me an unusual favor. He would, he has, I think now they have about 14, 15 or 16 branches, thousands all over, tens of thousands of members. He will pick your phone, he pick his phone and come and say, yeah, Emmanuel, I called to check on you. How are you doing? Somebody say favor. Oh God, stop pursuing people. Go and press it to God. Stop pushing that your uncle. There was a time in school, I was calling my uncle, my uncle won't pick my call. I said, Sir, you you don't know that seasons and times changes. I used to use this song to cover myself. I'll use that song as when I sing that song finish, I will now tell myself, I said, This man does not know I'm going to be the uncle to his children. He's treating me like this, he doesn't know <laughs> what I'm about to do to him. <laughs> Until God began to teach me the secret and then God began to stir me up to spend. I now noticed there was a time of church we had a fasting and prayer. A long time. Prayed, fasted. We are going to church every day. One of those days. Because this thing called favor is like a fragrance. The more you have it, the more attractive you smell. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So, it got to a point. My uncle that will never pick my call called me and said, okay, how are you? Ah, ah, so sorry, I've been so busy. Send me your account. He didn't talk much. Send me your account number. Send me your account number. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How this favor comes is in the place of fellowship. So that's one of the rewards of commitment to fellowship. Favor! Can I hear you say, I receive favor? favor. Say, when I come to the house of God, I don't go out the same. I go out wearing favor. You believe it, shout the loudest. Amen. amen. So when I, whenever, listen, that's, that, you can never catch me broke. Even if I'm broke, you might not know. I'll just tell you I don't have money. But after a few days, something will come to solve immediate needs. I hear what I'm saying. Even if, see, even if, even if, God gives you so much favor with people. And maybe you come to a point where you are broke. Because of this favor that proceeds from the presence of God, are you aware that when you ask them for money, say, borrow me money, and they actually borrowed you the money, it was not because you are their friend or you have been faithful to them. It was a product of favor. Are you aware of that? Amen? Amen. So some of you that are looking at me, Pastor, eh, nobody don't ever borrow me money. Anytime I broke, I could just ask my friend, may he, give me, may, he borrow, may he borrow me money? And you know they like, borrow me money. Don't worry. Press into God. You will get to a point in God where the deluge of favor becomes what you won't need to ask anybody to borrow you. They'll be begging you to accept. Am I communicating here? Oh, it happened. It happened many times in scriptures. With uh, 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 Joseph in scriptures, it happened. Potiphar's wife was looking, was a rich woman was begging for a poor boy's attention. What did the boy have? All he had was the presence of God. Was commitment to fellowship and commitment to devotion. That one hour every day that we pray, or one hour, 30 minutes that we pray, this is the time to become committed to that prayer time. Because you are going to be doing yourself a lot of good. So, now when this favor comes on you, you will notice it's easy for people to follow you to church. Are you hear what I'm saying? Very easy. Hi, how you doing? I want to invite you to my church. It's a place where people get blessed. You should come around. The person will not even know when he begins to remind you. How far are your church? Is something that favor does. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Favor. And it comes from a place of commitment to fellowship. That's the authority of favor. Hallelujah. I think the last is the last thing that you are com- where when you commit to, God sees it as commitment to him. Is commitment to doing good always. When you are committed to doing good always. God sees it as you are committed to him. 
that is not, not like you are doing good today and you do bad some people used to try and neutralize the good they do with bad there are people like that when they do nice things nice things I, I don't know if you had friends like that and they do this one do this one do this one one day they will just decide to take one of your clothes without telling you I have a brother like that he will be so nice okay what do you need he will clean do this one ah you are my only brother in this world what do you think <laughs> by the time he leaves my house and he's going back to his destination my best clothes are gone <laughs> amen there are people like that when they please God for one week the next week is the time to be malleous <laughs> malleous mannerless malleous may God deliver us from the spirit of malleous Oh, you guys even know my this church. I was joking. Amen. Hallelujah. So, commitment to doing good always. But let me tell you what good is. This good is not natural, it's good deeds, but this good is a particular kind of good. And it's recorded in the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verse 9. The good referred to in this scripture is the good of sowing to your spirit, sowing to your spirit. And not sowing to your flesh. That's the good the Bible is talking about. So you must be committed to doing good. In other words, you must be committed to sowing to your spirit. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. Now read verse 8. Verse 8 tells you the kind of good. That you should not grow weary doing. The one who sows in his flesh reaps corruption, but the one who sows in his spirit, spirit reap eternal life. So the good that the Bible says we should not be weary in doing is the good of sowing into the spirit. What does it mean to sow in the spirit? Is to do the things that help your spirits. It is when you do the things that help your spirit that you can do good to others. What are the things that help your spirit? Fasting, for instance. Prayers, for instance. Worship, for instance. Studying the Bible, for instance. Refusing to keep malice. Refusing any form of negative energy. Arguments. This is good. This is what is called doing good to the spirit. Sowing into the spirit. Now, the Bible says if you sow into the spirit, guess what happens? You will reap eternal life. Now, that word, eternal, that's, that's the reward for being committed to doing good always. Amen? That eternal life, another word for it is called zoe. The, the, the word zoe is God life. So, there is a life that God has. The life that God has that makes him not to, not to be able to die is called zoe. It's called eternal life. So when you sow to the Spirit, one of the authorities that God gives you is your authority to experience eternal life. Number one, you won't go to hell. Amen? Number two, is things that happen to people cannot happen to you. When eternal life is flowing through you, your, the things you command are on the realms of the supernatural you you are not limited by the natural what happened to others fails to happen to you because you have eternal life praise the lord certain sickness can't survive around you because you have when the sickness comes it internal life dries it because you are sowing to the spirit i, I don't know if you get what i'm saying so it is when you sow to the spirit that you have the ability to even do physical goods. When you're a man that is conscious of your spiritual status quo per time. That is when you have the ability to even do physical goods. And the Bible says if you dare to sow to the spirit, the authority that is conferred on you is the authority of internal life. Of Zoe life. Ah, yeah. So you walk up to somebody who is sick and the person says I have a cancer and you put your hands on that place. And the cancer disappears. It's the entire life that worked. They say nobody's giving, nobody's getting a visa. Whatever, whatever. You can't get a visa until you are visa, and you you don't meet any of the qualifications. And the visa still came to you. 
is eternal life. Eternal life is the life that permits what is unpermitted in the natural. That permits the goods that are unpermitted in nature. That's what eternal life. That makes you privy to what is only available in the supernatural. It's eternal life. Do you understand what I just said? Eternal life is the force of God that makes you privy or privileged to have what is only available in the supernatural. Receive the reward of eternal life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So this is um this is this this is so, um, a message that we must reflect on. We must be committed to these five these five dimensions to show our commitment to God. Let me go over it again. The first way of commitment that proves commitment to God is commitment to what? Commitment in showing love to others. Number two, commitment to the word of truth. Number three, commitment. Yes. Number four, commitment to fellowship. Number five, commitment to doing good. You can also say commitment to sowing into the spirit. So if you have these five dimensions of commitment, then you are completely committed to God. And if you are committed to God, He is sure to reward you. Shout a big amen. amen. I said shout a big amen. amen. Can we now stand to our feet? Remember, we, 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 we mentioned the dangers of commitment in passing. And that's why the Bible says, he that puts his hands on the plow and looks back is not fit to serve in my kingdom. And when you are not fit to serve your kingdom, no matter what you do, out of pretense to prove your point, all those things you do, you can't get what other people get after they seek the kingdom of God. Other people will get other things when they seek the kingdom of God. But you can't get it because you are not fit. And you are not fit because you are, you are not committed. Go ahead, stand to your feet. Thank God for the word that you just heard. And ask God to help you to be committed. Look, you miss out on so much if you are not committed. Just pray and ask the Lord to help you to be committed. Come on. Go ahead and pray. Jesus, help me to be committed. 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 Frada baba 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 Thank you for listening. We know this powerful message by Pastor Emmanuel Azizor has blessed you in no small way. Kindly WhatsApp plus 234-701-652-3173 if you wish to give your life to Christ or share your testimonies with us. The number to WhatsApp is plus 234-701-652-3173. God bless you.